Busy show today. As always, we're going to stick to Michigan State basketball for the first segment. Just some news and notes on the NBA Combine, some new recruiting rankings that we are going to scream about. And then segment two, Top 5 Tuesday is back. And in honor of Boo Booey returning to Northwestern, Top 5 Biggest headaches for Michigan State fans, and then a little bit of baseball talk at the end. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked On Spartans listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today to Locked On Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week here, and it is going to be a pretty basketball-heavy show, but with a little bit of baseball and golf at the end of this one. Yes, we're going to give a few sports some love here, but before getting into the meat and potatoes of today's program, hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast or YouTube channel. Anyway, you are digesting this. Hey, thank you so much. Really do appreciate you guys, especially in the offseason. I mean, God, even though that, you know, an actual basketball game or football game hasn't been played in so long, it is still pretty busy here around these parts in sunny East Lansing. Uh, all right, let's get into today's show. Hey, we got some pretty important dates coming up this week for basketball, and not specifically just Michigan State basketball, but more so the NBA. And before the weekend wrapped up, the G League Combine sent out their invites to about, I think it was 45 players, got the invite for the G League Combine, and Joey Hauser is on that list. Now, that's not so important because, you know, he, he's already gone. Like, he's out of here. There's no chance that he comes back. Can he? Yes, he does have one year of eligibility, miraculously, but from everything I've heard and from all accounts, not coming back. Now, there are two other names out there that we are keeping our eyes on this week, and that is Jaden Akins and A.J. Hogard. It is notable that neither of those two players got the invite to the G League Combine. And, well, the next Combine they could get an invite to is the bigger one, the NBA Combine. Now, in years past, all right, they've announced their NBA Combine invite list on the second Wednesday of May. Now, it's not a perfect formula. Uh, the COVID year and the year after that kind of screwed things up. But, hey, last year, second Wednesday of May. In 2019, second Wednesday of May. So, look, if they want to stick to the normal trend, we're going to get that name or that list of names here in a little bit. Uh, now, it could be anywhere from, I think it was 66 names. Yeah, 66 names in 2019, 76 names on it last year, and we will have our eyes peeled to see if Akins or Hogard make that list. Now, of course, if they get invited to the Combine, that is certainly not an end-all, be-all to them definitely declaring for the draft and not coming back. But it certainly raises the chances, right? Like, let's say Akins you know, gets that invite, and, hey, look at this. You know what? Actually, hey, scouts... They just told me that I'm going to be a second-round pick or a late second-round pick. Again, that's not the end-all, be-all to someone entering the draft, but sometimes that is enough. Hey, it was enough for Max Christie last year to hear that, and so it's just something that we're a little, you know, on edge about. Maybe not worried about, but it's definitely notable as we go further into the week here with the NBA Combine. Now, not the only important date here. At the end of Thursday, when midnight hits on Thursday evening, that will be the closing of the transfer portal window for basketball. All right, so let's say uh, Akins or Hogard, they both don't get invited to the NBA Combine. The next thing after that is, all right, are they going to put their names in the transfer portal after that? Now, 
This isn't like to scare anyone because I quite frankly don't expect AJ Hogard to enter the transfer portal. I don't think, let me knock on wood here. I don't think Aikens will. However, it would be extremely naive of me to just say like, oh, there's no chance they're entering the transfer portal. Uh, Aikens had a very pro MSU announcement when he declared for the draft while maintaining his eligibility. AJ Hogard, you know, same, more of the cookie cutter route, but it would be incredibly naive of me to sit here and not think that other schools, like, haven't reached out to at least Aikens, you know, to sweeten the pot with maybe a deal that he can't refuse. I mean, we just saw it not too long ago for football around these parts, but again, those are just the two dates right here. Is that Wednesday-ish, maybe Tuesday, maybe a day later, that's when you're going to get your NBA Combine invite list, and then Thursday at midnight, that is where we're going to hold our breath and hope that, you know, Aikens, Hogarth don't enter the transfer portal. So just wanted to keep everyone educated and up to speed right there. All right, now let's move on to high school recruiting for basketball and not just the act of recruiting, but more so just the rankings. We have some numbers that uh, we're going to scream, kick, cry about right here because I, that's just what we do best on this show. Uh, so here we go on three. That's right. One of the newer uh, recruiting sites out there on three. Uh, they updated their basketball recruiting rankings for the 2023 class and sharpen those knives, get those pitchforks out, light those torches. There isn't a single Michigan State player in this star-studded class that is a five-star player according to on three. <gasps> That's right. How dare they? All right, let's light them on fire here. Uh, so Xavier Booker, of course, the crown jewel of the class. He is rated the top guy. Uh, and all these other recruiting sites, too, like Rivals, 24-7 Sports, uh, ESPN, if you want to take some stock into that. He's still MSU's top-rated recruit, just he is ranked number 16. And, well, I think Rivals, 24-7, if you're 16, you're a five-star. For on three, not so fast, my friend. They only give five stars to the top 14 kids. Uh, and Xavier Booker lost his fifth star, so <laughs> how dare they? But, no, like I said, Rivals, 24-7, ESPN still have him as a five-star. Cohen Carr. Rated as number 22, but still not a five-star, according to On3. Garrick Norman, he's a 44, actually, according to On3. Uh, that is the highest of any recruiting site on there, which is very nice, but we're building an agenda here to get upset at them, so let's just act like I didn't even say that, because we're going to get fired up about this one right here. You notice I haven't said anyone's name yet. I haven't said Jeremy Fear's name yet. Yes, the McDonald's All-American, the fringe five-star, depending on what site you look at, he is. The other one, he isn't. But he's right there on the cusp of being a five-star. Except for the fine folks at On3. They have him rated at a not-so-nice 69th best player in the country, which, like, I... I'm a Michigan State homer, through and through. I look at plenty of things with green-tinted glasses... But even when you take those off, how on earth do you see Jeremy Fears and think, nah, not even a top 50 player in the country. Nah, he's actually just a middling four-star. Like, that is offensive. That is disgraceful. I also like seeing it, too, because, hey, sometimes uh, when a point guard comes into Michigan State with a chip on his shoulder, that usually ends up being a pretty damn good career here in East Lansing. So, yeah, maybe on three is actually doing us a favor right here because okay, the other three sites that we've named, Rivals, 24-7, ESPN, None of those have him rated outside the top 40, but Jeremy Fears, like, he's barely in the top 70. On three, not ball knowers. Again, let's circle back here, though. I do actually love that rating for Garrick Norman. Uh, a lot of these sites have him rated outside the top 70, if not top 80, but Garrick Norman, like, I, I mean, I, 
I love all these kids, obviously, but I, I'm really high on Garrick Norman's game. I think he's going to be a really good player here for Michigan State, probably a multi-year player. Highly doubt he goes one and done. But, man, he showed a lot of great things at the Ball is Life All-American game. Over the weekend, it was actually Garrick Norman, Cohen Carr, and Jeremy Fears all played in the Ball is Life All-American game over the weekend. Garrick Norman on the team all by himself, and then Fears and Carr were teammates as well. And it was just another another day for Cohen Carr where you start to wonder, like, who builds these basketball rims and backboards? Because it is miraculous that he has not destroyed every single one he has dunked on yet. I mean, I watched the game on YouTube uh, not, not too long ago before recording, and it's just insane uh, that that's a high school athlete that's coming to Michigan State. Uh, this this kid is a freak, so I cannot wait for him. He had a dunk that was uh, like just one foot inside the free throw line, but... And this is stuff that you haven't already seen before from Cohen Carr, who, again, won another dunk contest that weekend. So, like, all this kid does is just win dunk contests and absolutely just drop jaws whenever a clip hits social media. Uh, Jeremy Fears just showed some, you know, great passing, as he does. I gotta say, um, compared to the McDonald's All-American game, a little more lax defense in the Ball's Life All-American game. This closer or closely resembled what do you get from an NBA All-Star game, whereas the McDonald's All-American game... I actually showed some tenacity from the defensive end, but Jeremy Fear is still some good outlet passes, all that fun stuff. But uh, something that you know I, I had to remind myself about is that like, hey, a point guard can have some bounce because he had a nice fast break, double clutch behind the back dunk. It's like, oh my god, this kid's gonna be awesome. Uh, and yeah, Derek Norman, I mean, splashing home some deep threes, uh, still slag, all that good stuff. So yeah, I mean, just another fun weekend of watching some future Michigan State Spartans compete in an all-American game, so it's all good here in East Lansing. Uh, all right, we're going to be talking more basketball here in a second. We're going to talk hmm, the five biggest Michigan State heartbreakers, headaches, Spartan slayers, however you want to put it. We're going to talk about them in a hot segment. First, you need to talk your ear off about Fan Duel Sportsbook. It is a beautiful time of year to get in on the action. It's MLB regular season. Hey, let's say you're high on our Motor City Kitties over here in Detroit. Well, I mean, there's plenty of baseball bets you can make. Or if you like the adrenaline pumping action of NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, Go to FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because they make it even sweeter for new customers. Like, hey, maybe even you. You get a no-sweat first bet if you're a new customer, up to $1,000. Gang, did you hear that? That is $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There is no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Go get in on my favorite bet, the uh, method of the first basket for NBA. Like, that is, you, you, want, you want sky high profits? That's how you do it right there. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown. It's fanduel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Some news that's not necessarily Michigan State centric broke on Monday. And let me tell you, there's no other way to spin this one. It ruined my week. Look, I, I'm done smiling the rest of the week. If you see me smiling on this show, you see me laughing so far in the first 11 minutes here, that's all been forced and faked because son of a boo-booey. Northwestern point guard has been there since, God, Drew Neitzel was at Michigan State. Somehow have found another year of eligibility and announced that he is returning to Northwestern. It's like, woo, good for him, that's awesome, great. Uh, so, the, look, the, the amount of hours I've, 
of sleeps that I've lost on Boo Booey uh, is countless. So, in his career against Michigan State, six games against the Spartans, he's averaging 17.5 points per game versus MSU, but three of those games with 20 or more points. He has a uh, career high against Michigan State of 30 points, and it's actually, you know what, this actually surprised me. 3-3 three and three against MSU in his lifetime. If you ask me in his six games what is Boo Booey's record, I would have said at minimum 5-1. and one. I have no good memories of playing against Boo Booey, but if you zoom out, like, anytime Northwestern has, like, a 3-3 three and three record against Michigan State in a six-game span, it's not, like, ideal from the Michigan State side of things. So that means something special is going on over there in Northwestern, and that's something special is Boo Booey, a guy that also terrorized us back in December when, uh, you know, the Wildcats came into Breslin and beat us. Not fun. And so, yeah, here we go. So, hey, it's Top 5 Tuesday today. That's right. We've been doing this during the offseason, different Top 5 list. It's been very fun, at least for me. I, bet, I hope it's been fun for you to listen to. Uh, so, you know what? Let's just all join in on the misery party together. Top 5 Headaches for Michigan State Spartan fans. Now, I tweeted this out right after the Boo Booey news. Said, hey, you know what? If you got a name that you want to throw out, go for it. And boy, did you guys deliver some great names. Uh, so we're going to go through a bunch of honorable mentions and then work our way to the top five at the end here. But man, the top five Spartan Slayers. Um, Alex Mayer um, just had a really just quick quip uh, about Boo Booey, actually. Uh, Alex writes, Bowie coming back. Just to see if he can set the single-game scoring record at the Breslin Center. Uh, Alex, let me tell you, man, he's got to be getting close to the top 20 all-time scores in Breslin Center. Uh, and obviously, he's not even a Spartan. So, yeah, man, I just, oh, just great. Good, good for him. Um, and Ryan Peterson also writes about Bowie coming back. Already making mental note to not overreact when MSU drops their second straight game on a late January 9 p.m. Friday night tip in Evanston. The odds for that game, if they were on FanDuel right now, minus 200,000. Like, that, that is a mortal lock that that is going to happen. But at least we're going to be prepared for it somewhat here. Uh, Spartan Strong. Okay, as far as players go outside of Boo Booey that have given us state fans headaches, uh, Spartan Strong writes in, uh, not, a, not a specific player, but this is still bang on. If you average less than five points per game, you're guaranteed a legacy game. And I, I mean, I go right back to just Joey Brunk. Uh, the guy that, in his last year at Ohio State, never even played 18 minutes going into the Michigan State game. Uh, I don't think he scored more than single-digit points twice that season, and he lit Michigan State up for 18 points that night. So, yeah, it's just stuff like that. The guys that you just never see it coming from. Uh, Tech MSU for life. He gave uh, the old heads out there uh, some love. Uh, he's a Lucas Johnson, Brian Cardinal, Evan Etchmeyer, Devin Harris, Joe Crispin for people born before 1995. Brian Cardinal got a lot of nominees from you fine folks on Twitter, I gotta say. Uh, Izzo T. Spartan Dog had a great callback here. Taran Petaway of Nebraska. Back when, like, Tim Miles at Nebraska Ball had that stretch where he just owned Tom Izzo. Just a completely unassuming program, unassuming coach, but Taran Petaway was a monster uh, against Michigan State, so that's a great one. Caleb Van Zee writes a current player in who, like, it's just a great one to mention. How about Zach Eady? Like, maybe it's just right in front of us in the eight foot nine guy that will probably come back to Purdue, but yeah, kind of heartbreaking last year on Martin Luther King Day with that 
we'll call it a buzzer beater last year, and then we'll just do what he did. And West Lafayette against Michigan State was no fun either. Uh, and God, a lot of people, a lot of people also wrote in Aaron Kraft as well, but he's going to be our last one that's an honorable mention because I got to say, despite Aaron Kraft being there for 13 seasons, did you know his record in nine games against Michigan State? It's only five and four. And I guess, like, those are good Ohio State teams, too. Like, we're talking to Jared Solinger. I, we're going to get to a few more players on those teams, too. But, yeah, like, and he averaged, like, 12.5 points per game against Michigan State. He was fine. But we're going to start my top five list here with an Ohio State player that actually no one that I saw on Twitter before recording mentioned. All right? So an Ohio State Buckeye player that was just a headache for Michigan State. How about William Buford? of Ohio State. Now, we're going to roll back the clock here. This is in the 2012 regular season finale at Breslin Center. If Michigan State wins, well, Draymond Green and the Spartans, they get to raise the only Big Ten regular season banner. Because if they lost to Ohio State, then it would have been a three-way tie, and wouldn't you know it? Son of a gun, William Buford went off for 25 at Breslin Center. This guy, it was a solid player. Don't get me wrong. He averaged, I think, 13 or 14 his senior year, but... Just a smooth 25 points at Breslin Center. Michigan State loses that game. Three teams get to raise the banner. Uh, William Buford also had 23 points the year prior to that. He had 17 the year before that against Michigan State. So he had Michigan State's number. Now the next three are all from the same team. And uh, it's no surprise that a lot of you guys came in with some Michigan Wolverines here because, well, they're our arch rival. And when they do good, it stings a little more. So the next three are all from that school down the road. Number four, Trey Burke. Uh, I, just two and two against MSU, which I was actually surprised to see. But he had solid games uh, in those two wins. Of course, the image of him stealing the ball from Keith Appling at Chrysler is uh, seared into my memory for all the wrong reasons, so it's hard not to have Trey Burke on that list as well. Uh, Nick Stoskis, all right, that is another great call-out for uh, a lot of you guys here. He had 19 points at Michigan State. I believe that was a top-10 matchup. Uh, college game day was on campus earlier that day. It was the night game, and I remember getting to Breslin Center and watching both teams warm up, and I keep seeing Nick Stoskis shoot. And this guy isn't even hitting the rim on these three-point attempts. He was as dialed as you could possibly be. They beat Michigan State, obviously. They completely spoil our game day party. He's blown kisses to the year zone, which, like, honestly, why wouldn't you? After that performance, I'd be doing the same thing. Uh, he also had 25 points for his Michigan State at Chrysler later that season. Just completely completely annihilated Michigan State. Except, hey, you know what? We got things right in that 2014 Big Ten Championship game. Big Ten Tournament Championship game, I should say. But still, had 17 points uh, in those two wins that year. He was 8 of 11 from three-point land. So, yeah, he was tough. Number two on this list. Uh, I hate to say it, but, man, he played the villain role so well um, against Michigan State. And you probably already know where I'm going with this. It's Mo Wagner. It is Mo Wagner. Uh, he was a thorn in Michigan State side, three and one against Michigan State in his last two years, and he had his career high at Breslin Center. Like not just career high against Michigan State, but no, just like straight up career high points at Breslin Center. How many players can say they can do that? He had 27 against Michigan State, and of course, was just loud, brash, arrogant. But like, I hate to say it. When you play that good, 
you're kind of allowed to be. So he is incredibly hateable. And it actually upsets me, like, how good he was at being hateable. Because I like, like... The Michigan Wolverines that I like are the ones like Hunter Dickinson. The ones that are, like, loud, brash, arrogant. But, like, when you actually look at what they've done, it's nothing all that special except leading a team to an NIT bid this year and, you know, wearing the ski mask to the game at Wisconsin and stealing their NIT bid as well. It's 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 more fun when they're loud and arrogant than, like, not really doing anything that's all that impressive. But, man, unfortunately, Wagner, he... That's <laughs> so sad. He back he he backed it all up, which killed me. Uh, and the number one headache, Spartan Slayer, Thorn in our side. However you want to classify it, I I, I can't believe we're doing this for a basketball conversation. Uh, we're gonna go to Happy Valley though, right? Like you've seen great basketball. Of course, Penn State always comes to top of mind. It's Taylor Battle though, is the number one Spartan Slayer in my mind. All right, I gotta say, in his nine games against Michigan State, he was a it was below 500, which is a weird one for the number one. However, it was four and five against Michigan State. And also, let's not kid ourselves here. Anytime Penn State has a four and five run against Michigan State, that means some magic is happening in Happy Valley. That is not that is not a program known for their basketball prowess over there. But no, Taylor Battle was such a good player. And he had some amazing games against Michigan State. 29 points at Michigan State his junior year and got so oh man I wish I wrote their name down on Twitter I'm so sorry but someone mentioned that anytime Breslin got louder he started playing better and it it, it was true he absolutely just got punked Michigan State 25 points in his final game against Michigan State in the Big Ten tournament in his senior year so I think that also left a sour taste in our mouths too is the last time we saw Taylor battle yeah he gave us the business so it's got to be Taylor battle because I, he made Penn State, a very formidable opponent against Michigan State. And those were some pretty good Michigan State teams, too. You know, it's not like we were having some down years and, oh, they got us at a bad time. Like, no, nah, Taylor Battle still got us at pretty good times, too. So that's got to be number one for me, man. It's just every time watching that guy play against Michigan State. God, speaking of Penn State players, I feel like Tim Frazier, too, also had some. Anyway, so that's our top five list. If we've missed any names, comment below on YouTube. Send it over to me, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Do what you got to do. And speaking of LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, had uh, this request a few times in the last few days and weeks. It's, hey, uh, can you have a baseball segment? So batter up, guys. Let's do it. Let's talk about Michigan State baseball because they're having a season uh, worth talking about. All right? Uh, and this is actually the first time since 2018 they're this deep into the season and things are getting exciting for Michigan State. And let me explain what about uh, – let me explain what I mean about that. Uh, so – in the Big Ten tournament at the end of the season, eight teams make that tournament. All right, it starts on May 23rd. So coming in hot, there's only two series left, six games total in conference. And right now, the Big Ten baseball conference is very reminiscent of what we just saw in the Big Ten men's basketball season, where it's one team at the top, like Purdue was. Right now, Maryland for baseball is at the top. They're 13 and 5. All right. A second team that's somewhat close. Uh, you know, like right now, Indiana is 12 and 6. They're in second place. Teams 3 through 9 are on top of each other. There are five teams right now that have an 8. I'm sorry, that have a 10 and 8 record. Five teams that have a 10 and 8 record. Michigan State is one of them. So you can throw a blanket over this field. There's going to be one of these teams that are going to miss out on the tournament by probably just a game. 
Uh, but if Michigan State cracks that top eight for the Big Ten standings, first Big Ten tournament berth since 2018. So yes, this is a very exciting season for Michigan State here, for Jake Boss and the Spartans. Now the six games are at Iowa. Okay, you got three games there. Three games at Iowa. And obviously never fun going on the road no matter what sport it is. Michigan State just came back from a road series at Illinois, dropped all three of those games, so they got to do that again down at Iowa, and then end the Big Ten season at home, which is nice, but against Indiana, the second-place team in the conference. So it is going to be a tough six games here coming up, but, I mean, God, it is such a close-knit group up there for the top eight that anything can really, truly happen. There is one player that I do want to highlight here, and that is Brock Vradenberg. All right, Brock Vradenberg, six foot seven, big uh, infielder for Michigan State. He's having a sensational year at the plate. So let's just go through a few numbers here. He's batting 443. All right, that is leading the Big Ten in batting average by a pretty sizable margin, too. Uh, his on-base percentage, top in the conference as well, .531. This man is getting on base more than 50% of his at-bats. He has uh, 60 RBI. That's second in the Big Ten. 19 doubles. That is also second in the Big Ten as well. And what really impresses me about Brock's season is that last year, his batting average was just 280. The year before that, 211. So here he is exploding in his third year here at a 443 batting average. Uh, his first two years combined. He had 15 doubles combined in those first two seasons. And just this year, 19 doubles. So, yeah, he's absolutely lighting the world on fire. And two other players just want to mention really quick as well. Uh, Mitch Jeb, seven triples. That leads the Big Ten. And then Casey Mays, well, he has five triples. That is second best in the Big Ten as well. So, best of luck. The, the home stretch here for Michigan State. Uh, hopefully they crack that Big Ten tournament, which is in Omaha just like the College World Series is. So, you know, that's uh, something to play for. And really quick before signing off, quick little golf update. You know me, can't get enough of golf. Women's golf, they have begun their uh, 20... <laughs> I cannot read today. They have begun their 23rd regional today down in Florida. So just keep an eye on them the next few days, see if they get out of that regional. And then men's golf is actually hosting the regional for them at Eagle Eye over in Bath Township, Michigan. They are the 10 seed in the region out of 14 teams. This is the sixth time in the last seven years that they are off to regionals. And Drew Hackett leading the way with a scoring average of 71.97. Uh, I actually shot a 72 yesterday as well. So me and Drew are the same. Uh, I had that score after 12 holes, but, you know, that's semantics. Who cares about that? Uh, all right, gang, we will be back on tomorrow's show. Uh, we got Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports on. We're going to have an interview. I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to jinx anything, but we're going to have a player interview from someone on the football team. It's a name that you will definitely know coming later this week as well. We're going to actually have a combined show or a segment with Locked on Auburn as well because it turns out our program's are intertwined right now. So, yeah, full slate of shows coming up for you guys uh, throughout the week. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Love you all. You guys are all the best. Go treat yourself. Go green.